Today's episode is brought to you by Audible. Get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial at www.audibletrial.com slash adventures in autism. Over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. Before we get into today's episode, I just want to take a minute to talk to you about making authentic friendships. You might remember the founder, Juliana Featherman, from episode 34 of Adventures in Autism. She is an autism sibling who created this amazing interactive web app that enables children ages 13 and up and adults with special needs to make friends based on age, interest, diagnosis, and geographic location. Parents and caregivers can also sign up to connect with other parents and caregivers. For more info or to sign up, head to makingauthenticfriendships.com. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Adventures in Autism, episode 96. I am Megan Carranza. Thank you so much for coming to listen. If it is your first episode, welcome. So happy to have you. And if you have been listening, thank you so much for coming on back and supporting the show. And today's episode is just going to be me. Um, If you follow me on social media, you may have seen earlier today, I had posted a little question box because the plan was initially to have my sister on the show and we were going to kind of give some updates on what's going on with her and then also answer some questions and we decided to actually hold off on that episode and we're going to do that next week basically just because today Melissa had uh, a few different doctor's appointments that I took her to and it was just like a lot. <laughs> we decided earlier today, like while we were still out, that we would record this episode. And then once we got home, she just kind of hit a wall. Um, and emotionally, there was just there was a lot that we dealt with today. So I will say quickly, um, she's she's doing really well. She's recovering really well from her surgery. She is dealing with some some deficits, mostly spatial, like visual, her peripheral, um, and just like a little bit of like motor deficits on that left side. She is doing PT and OT, a little bit of speech, but I don't know if that's going to continue because honestly her speech is, is really good. Occasionally she has to kind of pull for a word, um, but mostly great. And then we found out today she is going to be starting chemo and radiation soon, hopefully like in the next week. So a little update, but stay tuned for next week because we'll talk about it more. Um, although I think some of what I want to talk about today may sort of bleed into that because actually to kind of backtrack, I was planning on doing a solo episode today just because I feel like there's been a lot of stuff that's been kind of coming up lately. I don't know if you guys have felt like this, but this last like week or so, I mean, really like these last few months (laughs) have just this, this past week though, I feel like especially has just felt like odd. I feel like things have been kind of off and other people I've talked to have said the same thing. I know like several people had their Instagram accounts hacked and I know this because they sent me messages that I was like, what is this message? And then they were like, no, no, I was hacked. I actually think I may have been hacked too because I had an issue with my messages. So if you got any weird messages for me, let me know. Um, but yeah, just like weird, weird stuff happening. I also, I had shared this on social media and I don't want to dwell on it too much. Um, but last week, I honestly can't remember what day it was now. Uh, I can't remember what day it was, but last week 
I got my first bit of hate mail and that was jarring and horrible. Um, it was a, a message from someone, I don't want to get into the details, but the, the R word was used, um, in reference to Logan. It was really like specifically about Logan and it was just awful. They basically, the person who sent it said that I should have put Logan up for adoption, but nobody would want him because he's so spastic. I mean, that was the extent of what it's, it was, it was really awful. So I felt completely like truly for a second, I was like, can I keep doing this? Like, should I just stop all of this? Because this, like, I can't, I can't deal with this. Like I can't deal with people like come at me. That's fine. But do not, do not come at my child. Like that's just taking it way too far. Um, and I really did. I had a moment where I was like, I am like deleting this Instagram account. The podcast is no more. Um, but then I kind of came to my senses and I'm like, you know what? It's for, literally, this is the the first time that I've had anyone come at me like in this type of way. Um, and I've had hundreds, if, thousands at this point, emails and messages from listeners since I started this show, just being so kind and so supportive and so loving. And so many of you I have like true friendships with, even though we've never met before. So I came to my senses and I will not be, you know, quitting Instagram or the show. Um, but that was really awful. And I had a lot of people saying to me like, oh my gosh, like, I don't know if that was me, like, I'd be so angry. And, and I really was like, I had, I had a few minutes there where like my hands started shaking and I literally felt myself like go hot when I read this message. And I felt, like I said, I mean, I was, was just like questioning everything and just like how how can there be such awful evil hateful people like in the world and coming at me and coming at Logan but as we'll kind of get into later I am just somebody who really like always tries to find the bright side in every situation sometimes to a fault <laughs> um but with that type of situation when when someone is coming at you like that it, it just, it really, this kind of goes without saying, but it just, it says so much more about them and really very little about you. Um, and there's a phrase that I hear often and I use often and it's hurt people hurt people. And it's simple, but it's, it's like, it makes so much sense because if somebody is, is coming from a place of pain and they have not dealt with that, they are going to lash out. They're not going to, you know, they're, they're not like a healthy person themselves. So truly at this point, like I, I'm over it. Um, I was over it pretty quickly cause I'm just like, this person does not matter to me. And that's kind of where I'm coming from. So that's, that's what I mean by this has just been a weird week. There's been a lot of craziness happening. Um, one of the things I did want to update on just like what's happening with us personally because I have shared with you guys that we've been on this medication journey over the last few months. It really started like uh, around Logan's birthday, so like December, January. So it's been a good six months now that we've been on this journey. And I just recently was referred to a psychiatrist from Logan's BCBA. Um, she has a couple other clients that have worked with the psychiatrist and he actually like really understands and specializes in autism, which 
you guys understand that is like a godsend because <laughs> I always say I'm like if they're not a specialist they don't know anything about autism and honestly even Logan's pediatrician like I'm I'm so thankful for her because we've gone through several pediatricians and I feel like we're finally with with somebody who really like listens to me and takes into account everything that I'm saying but but I mean even with her pediatricians are not experts on autism like they deal with typical children and typical issues and if there's an issue outside of their scope then they send you to somebody else so which actually came up because now that we're working with a psychiatrist she literally said to me she's like okay so from now on any of Logan's like medications questions you will refer to the psychiatrist <laughs> so she's kind of like I'm done with this portion um she was I think happy to kind of be done with it uh she's been very patient and and very supportive over these last few months and I'm I mean hindsight's 2020 of course I look back now and I'm like hmm should we have started with a psychiatrist off the bat probably but also, I do think that so much of this journey with meds is trial and error. I know I've spoken to many of you about that. So the last time I talked about Logan's medications, I had mentioned that we were going to be trialing some new ones. And initially, we were still working with his pediatrician. And we were just, we were having a hard time even getting him to take the new medicines. We really weren't seeing much of a difference. So it was around that time, and we were really starting to get frustrated that I... Logan's BCB, I had recommended this psychiatrist and I was able to connect with him and we did a couple um, like Zoom appointments, which was not something I was really keen on doing in the beginning, but then it did kind of get to the point where I was like, well, I feel like we are reaching desperation here. So let's just do the Zoom appointment. And honestly, he was extremely thorough. The first appointment was just him and I, and we talked for probably at least an hour, if not more than that. And then the second appointment, this was after he'd already sent home paperwork too for me and Manny to fill out. The second appointment was technically with Logan too. Um, although it was actually with like all the kids cause I was here <laughs> on my own. I wanted to watch the kids that day. So he just got to see everybody. And that appointment was like two hours. Like he really saw Logan kind of in his natural habitat. Logan was super hyper that day, which in some ways was good. Cause I was like, this is what we're dealing with. Um, and he was very kind and honestly taught me a lot. One of the things that he was explaining to me that was really interesting is that, you know, like for kids like Logan who have autism and then like a secondary diagnosis, diagnosis or a, a comorbid di diagnosis, it's definitely different than if you were just treating a child with ADHD. So that's, that's kind of what we're treating. We're not, I think that might be something that also seems confusing too. We're not trying to treat Logan's autism with medication because obviously there isn't a medication for autism, but Logan is, he has ADHD. He was diagnosed this past November. Although honestly, we probably could have gotten the diagnosis many months before that. Um, but he is just extremely hyperactive and to the point where it's not even just, you know, at, at the times when it's like, we're trying to get him to focus and he, he can't, um, which is obviously that's a huge problem, but just throughout the day, I often refer to Logan as a buzzing bee and I'm like, he just never lands. He's just always buzzing. And I just think about him and I think, especially like times like these in quarantine where we are just having a hard time already and I see him dealing with so much like dysregulation 
And just that, that energy that he has, that like hyperactive energy, it kind of becomes like nervous energy and it's, it just builds anxiety and it's, it's just like, it's a toxic, unhealthy energy. And that's really what I was trying to help him with because I just feel like we all need a chance to chill. We all need a chance to calm down. And with Logan, honestly, the, the moments, really the only time he is like chilling is when he's sleeping and even the sleep is not, not always a thing. So that's really where I've been coming from this whole time with the medication. Um, and like I said, what the psychiatrist explained to me is that, you know, a child with, with ADHD, it's, it's a lot more straightforward to treat them with a med and you kind of, you know, just make sure you get the right dose, you move on. Now with Logan, because he has autism, we know that, you know, his brain works differently. So when we were going over the meds that he had previously been on, we, we actually had him at like almost the max dose of this medication. And it was not a, like an extended release. So it was a multiple dose a day. He actually told me that the the doses are supposed to last four hours, which I didn't even know that. Um, that was something that I knew that they were, they lasted like a few hours, but I didn't know there was like an exact hour time on it. But what I told him is that I'm like, I can really only see a difference. And I mean like a slight difference for like maybe two hours. So it would be like, I would give him his, his meds. I would see like, you know, him, him start to kind of calm down a little sort of chill out, but then kind of right as he was getting into that more sort of relaxed chill time, the energy would just ramp right back up. And then he would take his afternoon dose. And again, he would have like that little bit of chill time and then it would just ramp right back up. So I didn't even realize, I knew that we were at like a high, we were at almost the max dose for his weight. Um, but I didn't realize really like how intense that was, I guess, until he explained to me. Cause what he was saying is that he's like, you know, for a, a, a child who just had ADHD, he's like, if we were to give, you know, the, the same dose to a child like Logan, similar size who just had ADHD, he's like, this would work in a, a very different way. Meaning like it would really calm somebody down because it was a higher, a high dose of, and these are, you know, like controlled substances. Like these are not, this is not like over the counter. So you know what I mean? These are, these are strong medicines. Um, so the fact that we were, we were at such a high dose with it and we were seeing such little difference with the medicine, what he said is he's like, you know, that really tells us that neurologically he is just, he is absorbing this medicine and metabolizing it and processing it not the way that we want him to. And it's just not the right one for him, which we kind of knew because we had been struggling with it anyway. Honestly, when he was in school and he had a good schedule and things were, it was like a well-oiled machine, that, that dose and that medicine, actually he was on a lower dose at that point, was actually working pretty well. But then when we got into quarantine, everything just kind of went to hell. So we did actually try a couple other medicines too that I think I had mentioned. And it was funny too, because they, the other medicines that we tried, we only tried very briefly because either it was a, a issue with him actually taking the medicine because he can't, you know, swallow a pill. Um, or there was one medicine that we tried that he had like the opposite effect with it. Um, I don't necessarily like to say the names of these meds. If you, if you want to know, you can message me. And the reason for that is because 
when we started this whole med journey, I had so many people messaging me being like, oh my gosh, you should try this med. It works so great for my child. They've been on it for this long, blah, 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 or definitely don't do this one. This one was horrible. And it was like, I very quickly saw, just as we all know, like every kid on the spectrum is different. And that, even more so when it comes to like what medication is going to work for them. So I don't want to say, you know, what, what medicines we tried or which ones we're trying now, because honestly, I don't think it really matters for each person. I think what really matters is talking to your doctor or like how I said, really finding a psychiatrist, somebody who can really understand the situation to, you know, better serve you. Um, yeah, if you want to know, send me a message and I can tell you, but it was just interesting because this, this one med that we had tried, which another mom had said to me, oh my gosh, that made my son so tired. He was like falling asleep. He was like a zombie. It actually had the opposite effect on Logan. He was like more hyper than ever and sleeping horribly. Like we could not get him to go to bed. Even with melatonin, he, it was taking like two hours to fall asleep. It was crazy. So we just continued that pretty quickly. Um, which was a bummer because the doctor had said that one of the side effects of that medication was tiredness and weight gain. And I'm like, those are two things that Logan could really benefit from. So I was hoping that it was going to work for us, but alas, it did not. So this new medication that he's on, he's been on it now for, I think going on like three weeks. And honestly, the first like week or maybe two weeks we had him on a really low kind of starter dose and I really did not see any difference um but just like these last few days we've been able to up his dose a little bit we're doing that slowly obviously just to be careful um and I've actually really seen a bit of a difference I posted earlier today in my stories this morning which is usually like one of Logan's craziest times like he's just he wakes up like a bat out of hell and he's ready to play and he's starving. He wants to eat a ton of food. Like he's just like whips around this house like a tornado. He was, he was so calm this morning and he sat on the couch with me while I was drinking my coffee and he was just like watching his iPad and super content. I truly cannot ever remember in recent times a a morning like that where it was like he was just content. So, I mean, fingers crossed we're like getting to a good place with all of this. I know this is something I, I, since I've shared this, I've gotten so many questions about it or just so many people kind of messaging me in solidarity like, oh, we're trying meds too. This is really hard. And it's definitely been, it's been a journey, but I, I think we might finally be on the right track. We're actually going to have an in-person follow-up with his psychiatrist in just a couple weeks. So I will keep everyone posted with that. And then another very exciting update. We are finally starting therapy again. We're getting back into ABA tomorrow. Our first session back is tomorrow. If you listen to the episode that I did where I talked about our family's experience having coronavirus, which was a couple episodes back. I can't remember the number now. Um, Yeah, we all had COVID, which was awful. Um, But we are like two months out from that at this point. And one of the stipulations for Logan to restart therapy at least at this point, like this was a few weeks ago, they were saying that everyone in the family needed to have two negative tests plus 30 days quarantine plus a doctor's note. So I actually had taken Logan to the doctor a couple weeks after we were kind of better. Um, 
because he was going to be starting the new med. We had just talked to the psychiatrist. She wanted to do like a weight check and blood pressure. Just kind of just a quick check in just because since she was the one treating him for his med, she wanted to kind of be on top of all that. And we, she hadn't seen him in the office in a while. So I had brought him in. She had totally cleared him to start therapy. So she wrote us the doctor's note. She did think that the, all the testing was ridiculous. <laughs> so honestly, we were almost even considering looking for a new therapy company. Like I, because getting the tests and figuring all this out was just so daunting. And I was working, calling a million places, trying to figure all this out. Of course, this was also like while my sister was in the hospital at that point, she was like having her biopsy. I mean, it was just like so much going on. So thankfully, um, I have been talking to Logan's BCBA, just, we, we've been in contact this entire time and we've, you know, we haven't really done Zoom sessions recently just because we weren't really accomplishing much there, but we've been in communication this whole time. She's been kind of keeping me updated on everything. And just, I think it was just last week, she said that they had started like kind of loosening up some of their rules just because what they realized, and this is true, is that some of the tests are not even all that reliable. So they, they basically were like, okay, well, enough time has passed at this point. <laughs> um, and, and we had the doctor's note saying that he could start. So we are so excited to get back into therapy. I'm honestly a little nervous because I feel like he's been so far outside of therapy for a while. And I just don't know. I don't know how it's going to go, especially because like I have, my sister was on, we mentioned that she has like fully moved in with us. So the, the bedroom in our basement, which had been Logan's therapy room, uh, really up until our basement flooded back in like beginning of March. Um, yeah. So like basically since March, we've just had a million things happening. I almost forgot about the basement flooding until I just said it, but our basement flooded. So we had to like pull up all the floor in there. And initially we had moved Logan's therapy up to his bedroom, um, which was fine. Like we have a little kind of table set up and he has, it was sort of like a little workspace and, and he was okay with it. Um, but then when, when Melissa like fully moved in, Manny and I were talking, we're like, well, should we keep it in his bedroom or, you know, should we try to just bring it downstairs into the basement or should we try to like set it? We were just kind of trying to figure out what would be like the best, the best place for him. And at this point then when Melissa had moved in, we had like a, a couple weeks, um, where we were still doing therapy in his room, like during quarantine time, but then therapy stopped. So once our basement was like fully done, we ended up setting up kind of like a little therapy, like corner space down there. Um, which I think I showed that on my stories, but maybe I'll throw up another stories just to show kind of what we're working with in that area. Um, and tomorrow will be our first time using it. So <laughs> we'll see how it goes. But yeah, I'm, I'm a little bit nervous because we we're used to doing therapy like in, in that bedroom and kind of having like an enclosed space for him. And now he's going to have, we did, we kind of moved some of, we rearranged our stuff. So it's like semi closed off. Um, and he's used to being in the basement cause that's where we have like, yeah, there's the, the bedroom, which had been the therapy room. We have a bathroom right down there. And then he's constantly working breaks into his session. So the nice thing about being downstairs is that that's where he likes to take his break. That's where he has like all of his, his toys and his little trampoline. And now he has his, his swing or sometimes he'll, you know, watch like a few minutes of like a Mickey cartoon or something. So at least that's all right there. When he was in his bedroom, that was hard because when he wanted to take a break, we had to come downstairs and then it was like that would kind of throw off the session. It would take him a little bit longer to kind of get back into the groove with like 
okay, now I got to go back upstairs and sort of get back into his program. So I, I do think it's nice kind of having everything like in one area. So we'll see. We'll see how things go. I did tell his BCBA, I'm like, I feel like Logan is a little bit different than, you know, the last time you guys saw him. I just think quarantine has been rough. Um, I'm sure many of you can agree with me. He's definitely just been very dysregulated. And I've seen that more and more over the past few weeks. We kind of started out quarantine doing pretty good. And I felt like he was actually kind of enjoying his time. And it wasn't until we were a few weeks in that the hyperactivity really started to ramp up. And some of the, he hasn't really had too much anxiety, but he's had like some, just like more kind of like angst and gets a little more agitated, like easily, which is not typical of him. The other thing that's been really nice, which again, if you follow me on social media, you might've seen this, but we put up a pool in our yard um, we put that up actually the day before my sister had her seizure, which I think I mentioned on the episode we did together, but this pool, it's, it's not like a huge pool, but it is like, it's like 12 feet across and it's like two and a half feet deep and it's perfect for the kids because they, they just love it. They can actually like swim in it. Logan is like all over the place in it. he loves it. Um, so we, now we have in our backyard, we have the pool, we have like a, a big trampoline and then we have our swing set and he does this like circuit where he'll go from the swing set and he is like a master swing swinger at this point. That sounds bad, but he, he loves the swing set. I always say I'm like, he is going to take off to outer space. He swings himself so high and honestly it scares the crap out of me, but it also makes me so proud of him because I do remember a time just a couple years ago where he did not, it, it wasn't that he didn't have the strength to hold himself up. Logan, it's interesting because I know um, so many of us deal with um, hypotonia with that like, you know, low muscle tone. And we've had Logan evaluated by PTs before and they're like, he doesn't have low tone, but he's like almost he's kind of borderline low tone where it's like if you give him something to like lean on, he will give his full body weight. So he loves to like cuddle or have someone pick him up because he just I think he likes that input of just like giving something his full body weight so when he would sit on a swing he just like didn't have the the like structure to hold on and hold himself up to to actually swing he there was times that he a few times where he had like just fallen out of the swing so when he was a baby you know he sat in like a little bucket swing and it was fine and then once he was too big for that there was a while where he would use he would like go on his belly to swing and then it took it took him some time but he finally kind of realized like oh if I hold myself up I can swing and then it was, you know, turned into like working on pumping with him and learning for him how to pump. And now it's like, like I said, I don't even, have, I don't even give him a starting push and he's like up in the stratosphere. He's swinging so high. So that's something that makes me so happy, even though it scares me because I'm like, wow, this kid has come so far. And it's like moments like that, that, you know, somebody else would just see a kid swinging and it's like, I see a huge accomplishment and I'm so proud of him. So those moments are awesome. But he does this little circuit where he'll kind of go like from the swing for a few minutes and he'll like go in the pool and he'll kind of swim around and jump around the pool and then he'll get out and he'll go jump on the trampoline and it's like he kind of does this rotation but it's been really nice because I feel like so often I think some of Logan's like angst is from him just being bored and not necessarily having like activities that really entertain him so it's been really nice for him to enjoy something and have like multiple things that he enjoys doing 
there's always like a caveat to, to everything. He has been trying to get out of the house like more than ever. And I, this house is under lock and key. Honestly, it's like Fort Knox. But I, every time I think I have all my bases covered, Logan throws me a curveball. So he has never been one to elope. But now, because he wants to be in the backyard, like literally 24-7. I mean, truly, like he wakes up in the morning and maybe we get like a little bit of chill time. But by like 7, 7.30, like he's ready to go outside. So I have alarms on my doors that I have shared before. They're just like little alarms from Amazon. And basically like when it's lined up, it, it won't sound. But then if, if you open it, if you open the door, the alarm will sound and it's super loud. And we had those more kind of as a precaution. Like there had been a few times where Logan had gone out the front door. And honestly, he had always just like sat on the porch. He, he never like tried to run away. But we were like, obviously, we don't want him leaving the house without us. So we had these alarms put up and it was easy to do. And they, they seemed to work. If, if he ever did set off the alarm, it would scare him enough to like kind of stop him in his tracks. Well, he's got a little more brazen over time. And again, he's just like really, really adamant about getting out of the house so he can get to the backyard. So he had been, especially with the, the back door, which is a slider, like a sliding glass door, he had just like completely disregarded the alarm and the alarm would go off and he just didn't care. He was already on his swing, swinging in outer space. So he just like didn't even mind that the alarm was going. Um, it was good because at least it told me, okay, Logan has just run outside so I could run out after him. And I don't mind being outside with him. We've been outside like all day, every day, but there are times when I need to go back in the house. There are times and <laughs> there are times that I need to keep him in there with me. So I just got some new locks. There's like a, a, like a latch. I can put this on the stories to like show everyone, but there's a latch that uh, just kind of stops him from being able to, to use the slider. It just kind of like clicks into place and he can't, he can't slide it. Uh, so that one has been very helpful and it's up high, so he can't, he can't get to it. I mean, he could like get on a chair, which I'm sure we're getting to at that point. Hopefully he doesn't figure out yet how to unlock it. Um, and then I got these just like latches for the, I got one for the front door. I actually got like a, a value pack. So I have several of these latches that you can kind of put on anything. So I have one on the front door, have it on the garage. Uh, and they're just basically to keep the kid in the house when I, you know, need to like put the baby down for a nap or, you know, do something for a couple minutes and I have my eyes off him. I just, I got to watch that guy because he is very, very slippery. So that's some updates that are happening with us. Um, let me know how you guys are doing. Let me know how quarantine is going for everyone. And that's pretty much it as far as updates. I do have a couple more things I want to talk about and I got some questions I want to go over. So stay tuned and we'll get to those next. For you, the listeners of Adventures in Autism podcast, Audible is offering a free audiobook download with a free 30-day trial to give you the opportunity to check out their service. I often get asked for book recommendations related to autism, and one that I always go back to is called The Out of Sync Child by Carol Kranowitz, and it was actually recommended to me by a friend who is also an OT, and I read this book years ago before Logan was even diagnosed. It's not necessarily just for autism. 
It also goes into like sensory processing disorder or ADHD, but it's just very valuable information and a really great resource that I still pull from today, even though I read it years ago. So that's a really good one. Sometimes just to get my mind off things, I also just enjoy good old chiclet. <laughs> I love anything by Emily Giffen, like something borrowed or something blue. And those are available on Audible as well. But you can pick from any of their titles. So to download your free audiobook today, go to audibletrial.com slash adventures in autism. All one word. Again, that's audibletrial.com slash adventures in autism for your free audiobook. Okay, so hopping back into it, I, like I had mentioned earlier, I had put up a little question box on Instagram, and we did get a few questions that pertain specifically to my sister, so we'll get to that when her and I record our update episode together, uh, but I also got a couple that were just more like autism related, and it was interesting too because the questions that I got are ones that I get quite a bit. So I'm happy to address them. Um, and I normally, you know, I get these questions in like emails or in, in DMs and I just send a response, but hopefully this is helpful for everyone to hear. Um, and it will kind of lead into one other thing that I want to talk about. So one of the questions that I got was basically just like dealing with the early days of a diagnosis or like even waiting for the diagnosis, like how to kind of process those emotions and what you can do to help your child. And these are, these are questions that I get really often. And I want to start by saying I'm not an expert. I often feel like people think because I have this podcast that like I have all the answers. I do not trust me. I am doing my my very best here. But I do not have all the answers. I, I do think that I have some experience with this. And I think just from talking to so many amazing guests from this show, I have learned so much from them. So I think I have like some, you know, wisdom to to, to share. Um, but what I what I want to say about that, especially in terms of the the part about, you know, just having all these new emotions and, you know, especially at that point when you're dealing with a new diagnosis or, you know, leading up to the diagnosis, you are really experiencing grief. And I think, especially for myself, I've talked about this before, but I really kind of ran from that grief. I experienced a lot of grief, like leading up to Logan's diagnosis and it was grief, but it honestly was like mostly fear. And I think I was just so, so fearful of, what our life would look like and this life that I was envisioning for us that was like slipping away from me and just feeling so scared of what our future would be. Um, and honestly, like I feel so different now. So it's hard for me to think back on that time. But then at the same time, it's like, I, I can, remember those emotions like like yesterday like I can feel them they are they are tangible because they were so real they were so deep and I do think that in so many ways like you just need time which I think is one of the most frustrating and annoying things that people can say to you but unfortunately it's true that time time really is so important and I think what the important part about that time though is not just like sitting by idly and like waiting for time to go by, but it's really like processing those emotions and dealing with that grief. 
because grief, it's, I've heard before people say like grief is not linear. It does not have, you know, a straight path. And I think that's totally true. But I also think that in so many ways, it's like grief is like a dotted line where it's like we are, we just kind of like put it off. I know I did that for sure, especially after Logan was diagnosed. Like I had been grieving up until that point. And then it was like I went into like go mode and just wanted to get these appointments in place and I wanted to get his therapy going and I wanted to make all the phone calls. And I just, I was so focused on getting him better, whatever that meant. I wanted him to be better. And I think what I really needed to focus on at that time was really, it was not about getting him better. It was just about shifting my own mindset to acceptance. Um, and I don't mean acceptance like, I, I, there, there are so many layers to acceptance. And I think that is an ongoing process with everything. Because I think that you can be accepting of the situation and then still have those moments that, you know, are a gut punch and they still hurt. Just the other day I was driving down the street and we have like many ponds in our neighborhood and I saw a little boy who was probably a little older than Logan. He looked like he was maybe like nine or 10, um, but he was by himself at this pond. I did not see any adult with him and he was fishing. There's, you know, like little, little fish in these ponds that we have. And I was just, I was, I mean, I was driving, so it was a brief moment, but I saw him and I felt a knife to my chest thinking like, I don't think that Logan will ever get to do an activity like that on his own. Um, maybe he will, maybe he will. I'm not, this was my moment where I was feeling this. I just felt this moment of despair and sadness because I mean, I remember as a kid, like I, I wanted to be around people, but it was like, I liked doing stuff on my own too. I liked having alone time and I don't know, a peaceful fishing trip, even for like a nine year old, like maybe that's fun. I mean, I'm sure it's fun to do with friends too. Um, but it was just like, I was watching this kid and he was so independent. Like he, you know, he had brought his fishing pole and his little tackle box and it was like, he had all this stuff and he was, was enjoying this like independent activity. And yeah, I mean, that was, that was a moment where I had to be like, you know what, maybe Logan won't be able to fish on his own. Um, that would make me so nervous because honestly, he, there, <laughs> there's so many things I feel like that would be nerve wracking in that situation, mainly him jumping into the water. That would definitely be like the first thing that would make me nervous. Um, but that's not to say that we won't be able to like take him fishing and maybe he'll really enjoy that. Also, maybe he'll hate it. He could not like fishing at all, but it's like those moments that come up and you know, I'm, we have had several years since Logan was diagnosed and I've processed these feelings and I am in a very different place than I was, but it's like, I still have those moments. There's still something that, that will hit me and like a ton of bricks. And I have to like deal with those feelings again and deal with that sadness and maybe, you know, shed a tear or two. And like, all that is okay. So if you're dealing with these like new emotions, I think it is, so important to validate your own feelings or talk to someone else who can validate them. I mean, obviously, if you're struggling in this kind of a situation, I think like therapy is never a bad idea. I think therapy is never a bad idea in general. I really do want to do a mental health episode 
my best friend is a therapist, so I'm very lucky because she <laughs> she gives me some free therapy. Um, and we've been working on coordinating to do a mental health episode for a while. So hopefully that'll be coming in the near future because I think she would have a lot of awesome things to share on this topic. But just processing those emotions, and I think that looks different for all of us. For me, a lot of it, big shocker, was talking about those feelings with someone who I felt safe, like really dumping on basically and like crying my eyes out to and sometimes that was Manny sometimes that was my mom or my sister sometimes that was my friend who's the therapist because she is just very good at being understanding and very good at validating I think that is so important when you're when you're dealing with emotions like this like oftentimes and this is like us we all do this if you're listening to somebody talking about something that's hard for them or venting we all want to like make it okay. We all want to say, oh, but that's all right. Like you're going to do this and this and it's going to be okay. But sometimes, and I think especially with something really hard, if you're dealing with, it's really okay. And you should talk about what scares you. I think like if you don't get those feelings out, those are what really festers inside of you. And then that's when that, that grief can like turn into something ugly. I keep feeling like I keep saying like catchphrases (laughs) today, but, um, there's another phrase I think about a lot. That's like, you know, the, your past can make, can make you better or it can make you bitter. And I, I think a lot of people do become bitter from, I mean, many different things, but I, I can see where a journey like autism would make you bitter and it would make you, just upset and and say why me why my child why are we dealing with this and i get i totally get having those moments but i i it's not healthy to live in those moments it's it's those should be fleeting moments not just like moments that you have all the time because there there really is there there's so many things that you're holding yourself back from if you're just living in those moments and again as i said before i am sometimes like positive to a fault (laughs) and a little bit like Pollyanna, like just looking on the bright side of things. Um, but that, and that's a question that comes up like over and over for me. People will say like, you're so positive. How do you have this positive attitude? And I don't think I always did. I think I've always been like somewhat positive and just like a fairly like happy person. I do think that I shouldn't even say positive. I think I'm a happy person in general. I think I'm lucky that my disposition is just like, not, you know, I don't have an axe to grind, <laughs> what I should say. But I, I do, I get that a lot. Like, like you are just so positive. How are you say so positive? And, and I'm not always positive. I definitely like, there are times when, you know, Logan has, like I said, he has run out of the house and he has, you know, dropped a huge bowl of cereal on the floor or, I mean, those are little things, but like not long ago, he flooded our our bathroom. Um, not terribly, but he was trying to fill up his new thing is he wants to get his own water, which is great. He's definitely like, we're really working on independence during quarantine, but he, he wants to fill up his own water and he doesn't really drink from an open cup. He can, but I don't like to just leave those around because that often leads to spills. So most of his cups are like, you know, a camelback or like a, like a sports water bottle like that. And this was in our, our upstairs bathroom where the faucets are just like slow to, to drain. And he was trying to 
fill up his water bottle, but he, he doesn't quite grasp that he has to take the lid off first. So he just like holds the closed water bottle under the faucet. It's very cute. Sometimes he even will say, I make water with his, his tablet. And it's, it's just very heartwarming that he's like trying to do it for himself. But he was upstairs in his room, like doing rest time, which he sometimes will do. And all of a sudden I heard the water running. And of course my, I just, I'm like, Oh, so I run up the stairs and he had his, his water cup under the faucet. The faucet was literally going, like it was flowing over. And he also was sitting in the sink with all of his clothes on. So, and like, this was when it was still kind of cold out. So he had like long, like wet pants that was just like completely saturated and drenched. So then it was like, even when I cleaned up, you know, what was in the, on the bathroom floor, it was like from him just like walking down the hallway, it was like all the, <laughs> all the carpet was drenched. So it's like moments like that. Like, I'm not positive. I, I definitely am like, oh gosh, like, why is this happening? I, I mean, I don't, I, what I will say is I don't lose my cool very often. It takes a whole lot for me to like yell or get mad because I deal with these moments so often that I'm just like, okay, it's like a drop in the bucket. But yeah, it, that doesn't mean like I don't have like moments where I get frustrated or I, I feel you know, upset or like I said, like seeing that little boy, like I get sad, but I think the important thing to focus on is like all the good stuff that's happening. And I know that's not easy to do all the time, especially like I said, if you're dealing with a new diagnosis or you're, it's leading up to a diagnosis that is so stressful. And I definitely like, I, I cried so much. And like I said, I, I talked to people and I vented and I worked through it, but like, I still I was very sad. I definitely had some very sad moments. But then I would have those moments where, you know, Logan would look me in the eyes and give me this huge hug. And like, those were the moments that I just clung to. And I just used those to like propel me forward. And then when I had a bad day, I would like think back on those moments and think back of like how proud of him I was and how much I felt that connection to him. Or like now, like, thinking about those moments like him swinging on the swings when just a couple years ago he couldn't do that so it's and I truly will like in those tough moments like I will I'll give myself a minute to like be upset whatever um I'll try to do something like makes me feel better which is like drink coffee or (laughs) I don't know maybe call a friend if I need to but I will truly like I have like a bank of like happy thoughts and I will think back on those thoughts and be like that was an awesome moment I can't wait to have another moment like that. And sure enough, like another moment like that does come along. And I think that as much as it's so, it's really hard and you should process those emotions and think about them and feel, feel all those feelings and cry all the tears. I've said this so many times that holding on to hope is just like so, so important. So that was kind of a long answer to that question. I hope it was helpful. Um, But basically yeah, if you're dealing with it leading up to a diagnosis or dealing with a new diagnosis, doing your best to process your feelings and not like hide from them or stuff them down, I think is like the best thing you can do from yourself. And otherwise you're kind of doing yourself a disservice. Um, okay. And then the other question that I got, which I've, I've gotten this before too. Um, and I'm happy to share. I think I have shared a little bit of this, but it was why I chose to like start this podcast or like share publicly about Logan's diagnosis. And 
I think I've shared this before, but Logan was diagnosed um, on March 12th, 2017. It was the day after my daughter's first birthday. And obviously, so he, okay, so he got diagnosed in March. So, you know, just like, a, like mid-March, so like a couple weeks later, it was April and it was World Autism Awareness Day on April 2nd. And I mean, the year before that, I would not have been able to tell you that April was Autism Awareness Month or that April 2nd was Autism Awareness Day. But that year in 2017, it was like, I could not ignore that. We had just had, you know, this huge, what felt so it, at the time, it, it, it felt like our lives had completely changed when, when Logan was diagnosed. And my emotions were still very raw at that point. I was still very much processing the emotions myself, but I just felt like I couldn't, I couldn't pass. I couldn't let the day pass by without saying something. So initially what I did was I, I wrote a Facebook post. Um, I, I don't even, I maybe put it on Instagram. I did not have like, I had like a, a private Instagram at the time, like a personal Instagram. I did not have, it was years later that I didn't have like the Facebook or the Instagram for the podcast and all that. But I shared like my, my, you know, public Facebook account that Logan had been diagnosed and just kind of talking about autism and sort of the very early stages that we were in with it. And the reason I did that, I don't, I don't really know, except for like, I felt like a call to do that. I really felt like this, this whole new thing was happening to us. And especially with it, had it not been you know, April, a couple weeks later and, and World Autism Awareness Day, I don't know if I would have shared that. Um, but I was really glad when I did because I just got so many, so many people being so supportive and just open and loving and accepting. And that was, I mean, really all I could hope for at that point. And it was kind of from there, really right around that time was when I thought about starting the podcast because I was looking for a podcast like this one, like about autism with, you know, parents just like talking about their real situations. And at that, especially at that point, cause I was just like desperate to hear from anyone who had, was dealing with a similar situation to what we were. And I mean, this was a few years ago, so things were a little bit different and there really wasn't a podcast like that at the time that I was finding. And so that was kind of like the, the first like moment that kind of planted the seed, like, oh, I should start a podcast. And it took me a while. <laughs> it took me like almost two years to work out the nerve to actually do that and to kind of figure out all the logistics of that. Um, and I'm obviously so, so very glad that I did. Um, but th- this person who asked the question was kind of like, you know, like, why did you choose to do that? And what has like inspired you to do that? Because I, and I get this a lot too with people saying like they want to start their own Instagram, you know, talking about their journey or maybe a podcast. I get that a lot too. And I guess I would say if you feel that calling to do that, then you should go with it. And I mean, I know I started this episode by saying I got some hate mail. I mean, <laughs> I think I'm sure I, I know many people do deal with that because when that happened, a lot of people shared similar experiences that they have dealt with, which I'm sorry that anyone has to deal with that, myself included, because it's so unfair and not right. But the the, the response from, from the podcast and just sharing our, our journey on social media, um, it has just been like so encouraging to talk to people who are 
in similar situations as us and just like feel that support especially like I'm lucky I do have I have friends locally who you know have kids on the spectrum and it's like I have like that tribe now but when I started the podcast I didn't and feeling that kind of like virtual support was amazing because I didn't I really didn't even have that I really I mean I had like people who didn't have kids on the spectrum were, were supportive and loving and you know friends and family but not people who necessarily really like understood our journey. So if that's something that you like want to do and you've been thinking about it, I would say just go for it. And if you don't, if you don't, if you don't feel like it's for you, you can always delete it. (laughs) I guess the internet's forever, but still it's like, I do think there's, again, talking about processing, I think there is something like very therapeutic about just sharing your journey. For me, that comes really naturally. I'm just kind of a sharer. For, for some of you, maybe it doesn't, but I still think that even if it doesn't come naturally for you, it may still be like a good thing for you to kind of like push yourself. So I think I've yapped enough today. My goodness. Sometimes I surprise myself with how much I can yap. Um, but basically, okay, so that's, that's what I want to talk about today. So just like grief and processing emotions. If you have any questions, if there's, you know, things specifically that you're trying to work through and Maybe I can help if you just want someone to vent to or listen to. I'm always here for that. Um, but I I really encourage everyone listening who is in that tough spot, who's having a hard time, which who isn't right now in quarantine? <laughs> this has been awful. Like I said, we're we're getting back to therapy and we are so excited. Um, but yeah, if you're if you're in those 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 really tough moments, I think another important thing to remember is that like time is constant. And it's, it's always going and things are always changing. And today may be a bad day, but tomorrow may be a really good day. And tomorrow may also be a bad day, but the day after that might be a really good day. And I do think, especially those like really tough times, I was saying this to my sister today. I think those, those moments that really kind of break you, sometimes it's like you kind of do have to hit like rock bottom before you can like rebuild. And that sounds really dramatic and maybe not like a positive thing to say, but I do think that when you're like in the, the pits of like grief and sadness and just like in those dark moments, um, and you, you really, you don't, you, sometimes you don't feel like any hope in those moments. I, I do think that it's like, when you hit those really low moments, that's when you can rebuild and kind of move on and grow. There's one more thing I want to share. <laughs> um, I've mentioned it before, but my, my youngest daughter, Layla, she, when she was born, she was in the NICU for like a week, which honestly, in terms of like NICU hospital stays, I know is very little. <laughs> it's basically nothing. Um, but she was three weeks early and she just, she had some breathing issues when she was born. Um, and that was like torture for me, honestly, at that point, like Logan had, had been diagnosed. We had been kind of living this autism journey for, I mean, I think like at least like a year and a half at that point. So I had, I had grown a lot from then. I had, I had thought like I was really in like a place of like, I had found like my strength and like I said, gone from this like grieving time to being like changing my mindset and be more accepting. And I, I I really didn't think I could be like shaken. And then Layla was born and 
that that week that I was away from her, although I guess it was really like five days because I was in the hospital with her for a couple days, um, it broke me. It truly was the most difficult week of my life. Um, and that is like including any of the any of the grief that I felt when Logan was diagnosed or leading up to it. Like that was I was very I was very sad. I had some tough times, but I had I had my kid. So I could still hug him and kiss him and be near him and feel that love from him. But being away from my baby was I, I, torture is the only word I can use. And I I remember like one night specifically she was in the NICU. I would pump at night and I would call just to check on her. And I was like hoping they were going to tell me like, oh my gosh, she's doing so great. She turned a corner. So I could like go pick her up in the morning. And the nurse was like, she's pretty much the same. She's still having her breathing episodes. Um, and I had been just like, I had been crying so much this whole time, but it was like, I just, I broke down and I was like wailing and sobbing. And of course I woke up Manny and I, I just, I said to him, I'm like, I don't understand why this is happening. Like I, I was, I looked over in the corner and where her little like bassinet was that I had set up in my bedroom, you know, for this baby to come home. And I felt like it was like mocking me. Like, I'm like, I, I set all this up for this baby and I, I can't even hold my baby. I mean, it there was so many, there were so many moments. There was a day when she was there when she had to have like the lights on her and I couldn't hold her the entire day. And every time I did hold her, she was like great when I would hold her. And then we would put her back in her, her little isolate and her numbers would go like all over the place. So sometimes they, I mean, they do in the NICU, they try to like limit your kind of like time. They call it like hands on time. I can't remember. I think it's like every three hours, but there's a lot of rules for sure. And it's like very focused on like getting these babies better. Um, but yeah, this, this experience of like having her in the NICU, it changed me. And I mean, again, I'm a week of that is like nothing. And I'm sure there's many of you listening who went through more of that and like solidarity, you are my heroes because a week was more than I could handle. Um, but I, I think back on that now and not that I'm like thankful that she was in the NICU, but again, like that, like, I, I think I hit a kind of a rock bottom dealing with everything with Logan and I was able to grow from there. Um, but then dealing with, with, with Layla being in the NICU, that was like, I think really my absolute rock bottom of just feeling like so, so sad and just wanting my baby so badly to be home with me. I kept saying like, this is like against nature. Like I just gave birth to this baby and I can't even hold her. And it was just, it was torture. It was pure torture. Um, but what, what I learned from that and what I, what I took away from that was like, I remember coming home and I mean, Leela was, was, and is such a good baby, but it was like, I had been so scared up until that point. Cause I was, about to have my third kid and I, you know, already had a child in the spectrum and I was stretched very thin and I was like, how am I going to do this? And once she was home, I, I didn't care about any of it. I was like, I don't, I don't care how we do it. I don't care what we have to do. We'll figure it out. The important thing is that like, I get to hold this baby and I get to, you know, rock her to sleep and I never wanted to let her go. And just from, from that whole experience, like, like I said, like I, I thought I was strong before that. And I was, I had, I had learned my strength, but dealing, dealing with that has had just, it really 
it brought me to like a, a new level of strength. And I'm sharing this because again, if you are, if you are in those really, really hard moments and you're feeling like weak and you're sad and you're crying and you're upset and you don't know when things are going to get better, I do think there's going to be a moment where you're going to look back and you're going to be like, wow, I am so much stronger because I went through all that. And I have, I have learned so much that I didn't even know I needed to learn, but it's made me so much better. And it's made me a better mom to my kid. And it's made me, you know, more of a a fighter on this journey. Like I'm going to fight for my kid as much as I need to, because I do think that there, this, this journey, it, it, it changes you. And I don't think it can't change you, honestly. And I think that if you can like harness all that 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 love that you have for your kids and that passion and even that that you know that that sadness and that grief if you can harness all of that into like your strength and your power then you and your child are going to be just fine and I that's like the the first thing I say to anyone who's like reaching out to me for the first time who's like scared I just say first of all you and your child are going to be fine and that might mean something different to all of us and fine the way that I define fine, the way that you define fine are probably different, but I know that, that they're going to be fine. Okay. This was a lot of rambling. So I hope, I hope I kept your attention. Um, but that is all for now. So if you want to connect with me, you can find me on social media, on Facebook at adventures and autism podcast on Instagram at adventures and autism pod, or you can email me at adventures and autism 2018 at yahoo.com. I had been taking a little break from recording, um, just because things have been so crazy here, but with Logan starting therapy again, I think I'm going to be able to start doing some episodes. So if you are interested in being a guest on the show, let me know. Send me an email with like a little backstory. What you want to talk about if you're on the show, I would love to hear it. Um, if you are enjoying the show, you would be so kind to leave a review, especially those on Apple Podcasts. They really do help people to find the show and they just make me so happy and warm my heart. Um, so I hope this episode was helpful and let me know if you have thoughts, questions, comments, concerns, send them my way. But don't send me any hate mail because you will get blocked and deleted quickly. (laughs) So that is all for now. And until next time, take care.